On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the acronym I invented called the Sea of Grief. That's awesome, Nick. S for sleep, E for eat, E for exercise. And guess what, Benny boy? What? We're also going to answer some Q&As. We sure are root tootin', rootin', tootin'. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, a psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Let's talk about death, Nick. Boom, 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 death. Dr. Nick, we have an episode, don't we? We do. T- today's episode, we're going to be talking about my um, my acronym I made up called the C-S-E-E of grief. Um, one thing that I've, I've noticed, especially working with people um, right up front after they lost a loved one, is that there's three things. If you if you think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, um, for all you non-psychology people out there, these are three things that everybody should have to begin with. And, and that's, you know, sleep, eat, and exercise. So the first S is sleep. So the first E is eat. Second E is exercise. Let me go into each one of these. One of the things that I notice with people that are grieving is, is that they have very difficulties with sleep, whether they're rehashing the person's death or... Maybe they're thinking about all the things they didn't say or didn't do. Um, yeah, sleep well, becomes a, a big factor. Absolutely, Dr. Nick. And I'll be honest, just like anything else, when you have something that is very like impactful in your life, right? Whenever your your thoughts tend to really just go in overdrive at, you know, about 3 a.m. Uh, and then you it, it's it's so hard to calm yourself down. I mean, even... Even for me in my profession, um, when I go on a night call, which is when I get a death call during the night and, and have to be up for in the, the next two to three hours, it's really hard to kind of like wind down. So I can understand, um, especially even in, when we lost Papa, um, I know there was a couple nights I was up thinking about, like, I hope I don't forget this and I hope I don't, re- you know, forget this um, memory or, or this to write this down so i can tell this to my children you know to pass down generation to generation so keep going but i just th- thought i'd add that one you know you add that too right to people that are losing spouses or losing parents or stuff you know now you're thinking you go and see the funeral director he's asking you to pull up all this information you're trying to think of all this information you're trying to you know think about the obituary you're thinking about where is dad's dd DD-214. DD-214, where their life insurance policies, all this stuff. And the most important thing, you know, and we all know this, right, is this idea that how sleep is so important to our, our health, not, not, not only physical, but mental. And it doesn't help the grieving process if you're not sleeping. So the first thing I recommend to people is make sure that you're, you know, doing as much as you can to have a healthy sleeping um, cycle during the grieving process, whether that is adjusting your sleep hygiene, maybe adding in yoga, maybe adding in meditation, um, maybe some lavender, a lot of lavender. So that's the first one is sleep. The second one is eat. What I also notice being around the funeral home my whole life, and Ben can probably speak to this, is that people that are going through depression 
they have a difficult time making sure that they're eating three times a day. Um, I, I think it's just because there's a lot on on your mind. You don't. Your stomach is sick. You're you're not feeling healthy. Yeah, no, um, I'll be honest, like food doesn't taste as good, right? When you're going through grief, when you're going through tra- any trauma, or, or even when you were taking like a huge test, right? It's just like you're, you, you almost forget to eat because it's just not worth it in your, in your brain. Like it, it, it doesn't really nourish you like it usually does. And, and like I said, everything loses its taste. Um, going back to sleep, it's like you see this empty bed, right? That you've shared with somebody for half your life, right? And now it's now it's empty. Now it's cold. It's a walking reminder that your your loved one's gone. It's just like eating too, especially if your loved one was the one that cooked, right? So if your your wife or your husband was the the, the cooker, um, and now you don't have that, um, it, it it's just easier not to eat, right? It's just easier to keep going and. And some people, let's be honest, some of us, it just in general have bad eating habits, right? So if you add grief to that uh, pile of nonsense, it's just it's just going to exasperate. So um, yeah, I mean, 100% eating and, and sleeping, especially, especially in the first stages of grief. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the end because you got exercise coming up here too. So go on to exercise, Doc. So I put exercise as my, my last one, but I always say to um, my clients right up front, exercise not meaning you have to go for a, a marathon run or you know work out for three and a half hours. That's not what I'm talking about. I think it's important to move. I think a lot of people who are going through grief feel like they are stuck and therefore they don't do anything. They just sit, stare out the window and kind of, like I said, kind of rehash all the things that they didn't do, didn't say, how they could have changed this. Maybe they could have got their dad to the hospital sooner. Maybe they could have, you know, recommended chemo earlier. All these things are hindsight is twenty twenty. We did not know that information at the time that we made those decisions. So you're okay to forgive yourself because the reality is that with the information that you had, you made the best decisions at that time. Give yourself a break. Yeah, exercise is extremely important, and I, I 100% agree with you. It's not that they have to go start pumping irons um, in the garage or anything like that, but absolutely going up and going for a walk, right? Fresh air, like getting out of the stale house. Um, yet again, that's this memory, right? This like drape of grief is this house that you spent in or this this place that you're residing in. But if you go out and you, you experience new people or even even go grocery shopping, right? Just to get out, uh, communicate, community, right? Uh, Doc Nick, I think we talk about this so much on this podcast. Community is so important and just to be able to get out. But sometimes solidarity is great too, right? Being walking and maybe bird watching, right? Getting into bird watching. A nice... Uh, a, a warm-headed pecker, whatever you're, <laughs> a wobbler, the old warm-headed no, pecker. No, I just made up that bird. I don't know if it exists out there. Please send a picture of the w- warm-headed pecker. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners, I got a little off the end. But um, going back to your see, Nick, I think is, I think is, I think is really good um, because grief, uh, especially sleep and eating. Um, my dad has always trained me when we're talking to families, especially at the house if it's a house call. And families have been vigiling, right? So, the, A, they haven't been getting any sleep because they don't want to miss the opportunity to say goodbye, right? That's the idea. You always hear these... I always hear these stories. 
these poor individuals, right? They'll they'll literally stand vigil with their loved one for months, months. And then one day they'll be like, oh, you know, I just got to get out. I got to go to the grocery store. And then they, they know, like they'll, they'll say, before I left, I, I knew like I shouldn't do it, but I went. And the second they got out the door, their, their, their loved one passed away. Um, and most of them can kind of look at it as a joke, like, oh, that person just probably didn't want to do it in front of me. Or of course he's going to do that. It's his last practical joke to me. But the idea is we as humans don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss that experience. And Doc, Doc Nick and I had that experience. We got to watch our grandfather literally take his last couple breaths, which was very beautiful. Um, and I, I suggest if you, if you have the opportunity to, to do that, I, I think it's very important. It's not easy. I'm not saying that it's 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 going to be the the greatest the greatest thing in the world, but I think it's a great experience that you can you can share with somebody. Um, but uh, but going back to sleep sleeping and eating, we always tell them make sure to eat and make sure to sleep. And what what we mean by that is not. Telling somebody who's going through grief, go get some, go get an eight-hour, ten-hour rest. It's 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 just not going to happen. Or eat a three-course meal. It's it's just it's not it's not going to happen. But if they if you can feed a little bit here and there, snack, nibble during the day, and then and then at you know during the day take twenty-minute, thirty-minute naps here and there, just just to literally calm the mind because the mind is 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 running is running. It, your mind is exercising, Nick. That's that's interesting, and it's funny that you bring up exercise. But we always say sleep and eat um, because, especially in if they're going to have like a visitation or a funeral or memorial service, right? They need to feed that furnace because there is some very heavy days approaching, mentally, physically. It's interesting when we have like these, you know, the the, the standard two to eight, let's say, visitation, right? And I, at the end of every time, the family always says, wow, that was a long day, right? And if you think about it, you've done other things six hours and it's not that long, but it's just an emotionally draining experience. One person after another person, I'm sorry for your loss, et cetera, et cetera. And it just continues, right? Um, and, it's, it, and it's a lot. It's absolutely a lot. So I absolutely, Nick, I think sleep is very important. Eating is very important and exercising. And I like how you descriptive. I like how you went into that explaining it. It's not like you got a jazzercise, right? Oh yeah. Move it. Get out those long socks, baby girl. What is it? Leg warmers. Is people still wear those? So so the other thing I like to tell people, like the reason why I came up with the acronym C is because I, I feel like grief is like a very similar to an ocean. You know, sometimes you have the low tides and it's calm and it's pleasant and then it's followed by the high tides, which is a little rocky. You know, you got the waves coming in, crashing in, gets a little bit louder. And then, of course, you have the storms like like a hurricane. And then and if you watch the ocean, right, it can go from all three within hours. So that's grief. Like you, you can't plan for it. It's going to happen how it happens. And, you know, you're just along for the ride. So be ready for the be ready for the waves. Right, and you can you can reinforce your boat, right? You can reinforce your boat to have a more security when that wave hits, right? So that's taking care of yourself, eating right, getting enough uh, exercise and enough sleep. Sleep is so important. Sleep is so important. Um, and we all do it. We all like, oh, we got too too much to do. We can't we can't give ourselves rest. But we are not. We are just not as good as human beings if we don't have that sleep. We just aren't. We were made to sleep and that's the way it is. So, you know, three little things, but they're 
they're huge, right? And it's easy. It's easier said than done. Um, that's another thing too, right? You, you you go up to these people and like, so sorry you lost the love of your life for fifty years. And oh, by the way, just just start eating, sleeping, exercising. I mean, it's it, it's an easy, and it, and it isn't. And I want to just tell you, Doc Nick and I are not saying by any means this is an easy thing to do, but it's something important. And even if you don't, even if your loved one that's dealing with grief doesn't know it, you do, so you can help them get through that experience. Take that C on. Well, and if you think of sleep, eat, and exercise, if you were to be a psychologist like I am, you think about major depression. What are like huge symptoms of major depression? Sleep disturbances, eating disturbances, and lack of energy, lack of motivation, lack of concentration, right? All three main signs of major depression. I had someone ask me the other day, what is the difference between um, grief, depression, and depression? And I said, you know, honestly, they are very similar, but you kind of can, when you're around it enough, like Ben and I are, you know the difference. It's not, it, it, it's, I, I don't know how to explain it better than that. Grief depression is not major depression. It's, it's different. But when you ask what are the exact opposite symptoms or it, it's not like that, it's just how they present themselves. The symptoms themselves are, are different. Well, absolutely. And I, I, I think you've brought this up so many times. I think when it comes to, and please stop me, Dr. Nick, if I'm stepping on my own toes here, but when it comes to, you said grief, depression? Is that the, well, the I'm, I'm, I, that's what I'm calling it. Um, I think it's going back to your thing on meaning, right? You lose meaning when you lose somebody, right? You lose a piece of yourself through that loss. And I think that depression stems from well, what do I do now? You know, what, what do I do now? And maybe for some, it's I got nothing. You know, it's easier for me to give up because I I can't live without that person, or I can't live without that experience, or I can't live without that that um, that uh, life preserver that that was that person. Um, so it's it, well, we're delving into another thing: Not grief, depression. We'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, but yeah, sleeping, eating, and exercising, and it's—I like how it's—it's it's an easy little package, right? See it. It's 2020, right? Or floating on the sea. I know, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> that one, woo! That was a stretch, Doc. That was a stretch. Um, so yeah, I—I I, I don't know. I mean, do you think one or the one is more important than the other? Do you find that one sticks out more in your when you're when you're dealing with clients, Doc? Well, I think sleep, especially in the first couple of weeks of of the you know the the loss, is so important, especially for the family members because they they got to go to the funeral services, they got to see people. You're going to need sleep to talk to people. Um, when you get frustrated or overwhelmed, you need sleep. Eat eat is just as important because without eating, you're not going to have the energy, right? Yeah. And then exercise. To me, it's this just this idea of moving. I, I, I don't necessarily need physically moving, but even emotionally moving. Just if you catch yourself stuck in the same spot for too long, move. Right, right. If you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? That's what they always say in the, out there in the world, the, the specters in the world. But um, all, all it takes is one foot forward. Well, and, it, and this, is an, this is interesting, too, because especially in grieving people, you see it all the time where they can't get out of bed, right? So you, you you would think sleep would be not the problem, but they're not getting sleep. They're not legitimately sleeping. 
Well, and that's that's the thing. That's kind of what I was explaining. Like depression and and grief depression mimic a lot of the same symptoms. If you talk to someone who's majorly depressed, they are you know, and they're you know, dysthymic, if you will. They don't get out of bed. They literally sleep all day, um, but they they don't sleep. Like if you talk right, to them, they right. will tell you they are exhausted, even if they slept eighteen hours the the, the past day. They're not really sleeping. They're not actually getting the REM. They're not yeah. actually like al- allowing themselves to completely detach, right? Because they're, they have all these thoughts. They have all these uh, anxieties. Um, I don't know if I like on. the word allowing themselves, but. Oh, okay. Because you get that, that's saying that they have power over that or. They well, don't I'm just, I'm just saying, that. I just, I don't know if I like that terminology. I think that the problem is if we're talking about clinical depression, we're talking about you know, chemi- chemical imbalances, imbalances, which is something you can't control. I mean, medication can help. And, and I so think, can exercise, right? And, well, exercise, well, the dopamine, and- the dopamine. Yep. Um, but I also, you know, I also think, why do you think, you know, it, it's interesting. We, we, we know that depression runs in families. We know it's genetic. Right. So That's maybe true. they That's just true. don't have enough dopamine in their brains. Maybe their brains just don't develop it. Mm, you know mm, what I mean? Mm, Anyways, mm, besides the point, we're getting we're getting a psychology. We're getting very there. clinical here. But I am saying that it is important. Make sure you get your son. You know, I uh, in in my therapy room, I have a happy lamp. Um, thanks to my wife, she she um, bought it for me and told me that I needed to have that, and she was right. I mean, um, you just look so chipper today. You know, it's the happy lamp, man. Thirty minutes a day. Excuse get your vitamin you D. Get your what, vitamin- I, I have one too, but. I mean, I just go out and get it from the, the sun. Well, and I also want to do one little quick off topic, but just for anybody listening out in the realm here, we are coming up to uh, winter season for anybody with um, seasonal, depression. seasonal depression. Get a happy lamp. That might help. Make sure you're getting exercise. Make sure you're sleeping and mm-hmm. you're eating. There mm-hmm. we go. Wrapped it all together. Abs- there we go. Absolutely, Dr. Nick. So to wrap this all up, the sea of grief, right? S, sleep. Eat, E, E, exercise. So there's the S-E-E. That's the acronym, S-E-E. That's that's beautiful. So get your sleep, eat, exercise. Honestly, I, I think we can we, we can easily mosey on into those Q&As, Doc Nick. Well, I think that this town might not be big enough for the two of us, especially when we're doing the Q&As. I'll meet you at high noon there in the corral. I'll be at the local saloon. The Q&A corral. Q&A, Q&A. Q&A's and those Q&A's and we're rocking and rolling in the saloon. Can you ask me that question in your Western best tone? Yes, sir, I can, Doc Nick. All right, so here's a, here's, here's a fierce Q&A. I have a question for you. During my uncle's funeral, the pastor suddenly collapsed and had to be taken to the hospital by ambulance. And the funeral director had to step in and finish the funeral service. He's fine now. Reported... He had to, he was he was dehydrated. Has that happened to either Benny or Big Dave? Uh, Big Dave is my father. Uh, thanks for the uh, thanks from a longtime listener, first time caller, smiley face emoticon. Make sure you know that. So I have had extremely <laughs> weird, also cool situations during funerals. I think because they're so. Stoic, right? Like a funeral is so, such a stoic time. The, the craziest things do happen. 
I have never had a pastor um, collapse during um, a funeral, but I recently just had um, a motorcycle um, go out of, um, they were leaving the cemetery and he, he flipped the bike. He, he flipped the bike and he ended up. Is he all right, Ben? Yes, he's, he is fine. At the end of the story, he's fine. But he ended up getting the handle or the, the, either the handle or the, um, the foot, the foot rest went into his femoral artery. Like it literally popped open his femoral artery. Um, so any of you funeral professionals out there, you know, like that's, that's, that's a huge (laughs) scary thing. Um, and luckily that, uh, there was a retired police officer and, uh, he right away, uh, tourniqueted. He literally like just supermaned it, came out of nowhere, running to there, took the guy's belt off, tourniqueted it and and probably saved that man's life. And just, just an everyday at a funeral home. Right. Um, we have a lot of interesting, I've had people faint a lot of the time, especially in like the, 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 the middle of summer and you're in a church that doesn't have air conditioning and one or two just pass out if there's, there's a lot of people. Um, and it does seem like nurses are everywhere, right? Is there a doctor? And like, before even a doctor can say, Hey, I'm a doctor, right? (laughs) Would you raise your, nowadays, would you raise your hand to that? No, because they're asking for a medical physician. But you could say, I'm not a medical physician. But I can help everybody around watching it. Now, let's calm How down. Do everybody take deep breaths. Um, so I've not had that situation. But I had had that. That was a pretty interesting situation I had at a funeral. And you do have to like the the show must go on. Right. You got to make sure that everybody's safe. You know, everybody's calm. Um, you, 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 you let the, the paramedics do their thing, but you got a family now that wants to go to, you know, the luncheon, but do we go to the luncheon? Do we wait? Do we not do that? And you as a funeral director have to kind of direct that. And that's, that, that, that's an interesting scenario. But in that case, if that would happen, if, if a pastor went down, I'm sure, uh, dad or I would just take over the mic, um, without even hesitation, uh, because it is important that that funeral gets done and that pastor or the priest or chaplain or et cetera, et cetera, would want that to be done right. So, I mean, obviously make sure the pastor is fine. Like, don't you, just leave him on the floor. You know, that brings up a really good topic, though, Ben. Do you think one of you, dad or you, should have their um, minister license? You know, that's a that, that, that's an, uh, that's a topic that I think we need to talk about on an episode because it's it's something that needs to be addressed in the room. Um, Dad and I have had uh, multiple talks and conversations about this, and we both kind of feel differently about it in, in a couple ways. Um, but I do understand where he's coming from, and I think he understands where I'm coming from. The idea is if you're starting to run funerals that way, you're kind of taking away from some celebrants, right? Especially if that family has um, a local pastor, right? I know it, I know it sounds backwards, but it's just that old fashioned, like you don't, you don't, you you don't do that. Like you're the funeral director. That's what you do. You direct the funeral. Um, the pastor does the thing, clerical. But the situation we're running in now is a lot of families don't have a pastor. They don't have, and they trust you more than they trust anybody else, any pastor, anybody. Especially if they, you might know the person as a funeral director more than any pastor in the town. So they would rather you. And and they always do that joke. Well, you're already there. We're already paying you to be there, so you might as well just do the service too. So, but 
I think if you're going to do that, you should have some proper training, right? And there is a celebrant celebrant license I think yeah. you can get. And I think that's what... Um, so that, that's, a, that's a talk for a different one. We'll, we'll put that in our book, Doc Nick. We'll pin that up on the uh, message board. Absolutely, Doc Nick. And I got another question for you. Is recording a video message to be played at a funeral comforting for loved ones? A recording, a video message to be played. Yeah, so here's here's my first thing that I'm always gonna we're always gonna repeat on the show, and I think it's so important. It depends. It depends on the people that you're 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 doing this for. I think for some families, I think it would be super beneficial um, to have that last. You know, like for me, I'm gonna secretly record myself so that Ben has to play it at my funeral, um, and uh, it's probably gonna be a comedy stand a stand up thirty minutes. Um, but but no, I, I, I all serious. Like I think, or it's you know what? Maybe it, it maybe we do leave this up to the person. Maybe if they put it in their will that they want this played or they talk to someone about it. I think the more important part would be to not to make sure that you talk to your families about this. Like if you're going to leave a recording message, make sure someone knows where it's at, and you know. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't want to have it in a place that they find down the line, like, ooh, should have been... <laughs> well, or... And bold letters should be played at my funeral, right? And you're right. Like, or, or they find it, and they, they're they like, what did you want us to do with this? They well, want you... To, you know what I mean? Can I flip that around on you? Because we've talked about this, too. Do you think a video message after a death is taking away from, yet again, death? Are we... Uh, you I know, are we... You know what? I, and again, I, I think if you incorporate it into the funeral, and I think you presented it, presented it in a fashionable way, I think you'd be okay. Is it confusing to the children? Well, the children are going to see home videos. Well, that's that's true, but I mean, I mean, I mean, what's the difference between you know or photo albums? I mean, right? I mean what's I'm the thinking, I'm thinking that? like this is like a breaking in the fourth wall, right? Obviously, all of you are here at my own funeral, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I, I I don't know. I just yet again we we talk about this all the time. Are you know, we taking it, I, away? I haven't researched it, Ben. Yeah. To be honest with you, well, because now they have the holograms, right? So we can even Ooh, go a step further. Right. So not only could you do your own message, but you could literally be walking in the funeral home, like shaking people's hand, maybe or like telling the, jokes, or, or the 3D video. You come out of the screen and scare them, like you're like, you know, I just wanted to say boo, you know. Like, well, and <laughs> in, in the case gotcha. of in the case of twins, could you just play me? I mean, I could I could pull Isn't, off the could acting. Could you just act me? I think could you be, pull off the acting? It would be stuff? very stuffy. Um, I think people would take it the wrong way. They'd be like, "Doctor Nick is way more attractive than who he's playing." <laughs> yeah, obviously. And you'd I get have it. To, I, I get it. I understand. You'd have it. to barrel it down. You a know, bit. but but I think I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that it's important. Again, have these conversations. Talk about this stuff with your families. Well, and I just want to reiterate too, we talked about C today, and I think that's important to remember, to keep passing on. Um, make sure you sleep, make sure you eat, make sure you exercise. Get out there, get some fresh air, right? Get some vitamin D. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I want, I want to thank you all for listening. And if you have any questions, these these questions that we just went over, they literally came from you. So please keep sending to us, sending them to us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. Share us with your friends, spread the word, start writing some things on uh, reviews. Uh, reviews. There Give us go. those likes. Give, Give us, us those, those reviews. Likes. Give, Give us those, those likes. likes. Give, Give us those likes. likes. Give us those likes. We're shaking our groove thing for we you guys out there the in the audience. Thing. Yeah. Shake your, we're exercising. We're jazzercising. We're jazzercising. So 
yet again, thank you for uh, listening to us. And Doc Nick, if if you aren't talking about death. Well, Benny, you sure ain't living. You sure ain't. Have a great night. Y'all come back now here.